Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live from downtown San Francisco, this is 95.7 The Game. It's game day, baby! NFC Championship Day is finally here, and we're with you all day long on 95.7 The Game to get ready for Niners and Lions from Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. Kickoff is at 1.30, so we're, what, six and a half hours away from kickoff between the Niners and the Detroit Lions. Welcome in to game day here on 95.7 The Game. Mark Randy, Sterling Bennett with you. Evan Giddings across the glass. We'll hear from him, I'm sure, throughout the show today. Sterling, we finally made it. NFC Championship Day. How you doing on this Sunday morning? Been on the edge of my seat since last night. Didn't get any sleep. Been sitting up, shaking, quivering, wondering how is the NFC Championship game going to play out? Is it going to be San Francisco advancing? The Lions, who feel like the American darling, the national dream right now, are they going to show up to play today at Levi Stadium? I'll tell you this. uh, I am very, very nervous today. It feels weird saying that. So many Niner fans are they're calm, they're collected. Dude, Mark, I'm on the edge of my seat, man. I am so nervous for today's game. Like, I do not want to go home. And right now, I tell you, uh, when that game starts, when kickoff begins and Jake Moody's foot hits that ball, uh, we're going to get real serious in the studio. You want to tell how nervous I am? I think I said kickoff is at 1.30, didn't yeah. I? It's at 3.30. Yeah. I don't... I'm already I'm already going crazy. I want the game to be here already, but we are with you until 1 o'clock. We're on the air from 9 until 1. Then we'll hand it off to uh, Larry Kruger and Lorenzo Neal. They're oh, yeah. down at the Hilton Santa Clara, or they will be momentarily, to get ready for the kickoff show. That begins at 1. They're on the air until kickoff at 3.30. I see the YouTube chat already getting on me. I'm sorry. I got the time <laughs> wrong. YouTube chat powered by First NorCal Credit Union. You can join the party there. Visit YouTube.com slash 9. 5-7 the game. The kickoff is at 3.30. Uh, the AFC Championship game kicks off at noon. We'll be on the air for the first hour of that game, and when that does come, we'll keep you updated on that one, but we're going uh, Niners and Lions here uh, on this game day, Sterling. Uh, it's the Niners' third consecutive trip to the NFC Championship game. They're fourth in the last five years oh, under yeah. Kyle Shanahan, uh, but this has been kind of the, the round of horrors for the Niners, right? Each of the last two seasons, the season ended in this round. Two years ago in Los Angeles against the Rams in a heartbreaking game, one that you felt like you should have won, and then you had to go watch the Rams win it all two weeks later. Uh, And then last year, 
heartbreaking for a different reason. In Philadelphia, your quarterback gets hurt on the first drive, and the rest of the game is history. Uh, the Eagles go on to dominate, and then they lose in the Super Bowl. Uh, but now the Niners are looking for a little bit of revenge, and that's kind of been the the tone and the feel around Niners' facility this week. They kind of felt like they got away with one last week against the Packers. They survived and advanced despite not playing their best football. I think a ton of credit goes to Green Bay, and we'll break down that game and, and what went wrong for the Niners and how to avoid those kind of mistakes into this game. But it kind of feels like there's a, a renewed sense of urgency for the 49ers. Not that that's, that's unique for any team in the right, postseason, right. <laughs> but there, there does seem to be a, a sense of refocus and getting ready for a really good team because this is where your season has ended the last two years. I want them to not just think about Philadelphia last season, the Brock Purdy injury. Don't think about Jaquiski Tart dropping an interception oh, against man. the Rams. I want you to think back all the way to 2020 in February when you lost. You're up 20-10 to 10 and you blow a 10-point lead against the Chiefs. All of that pain, all of that suffering, the revenge. Go back to the Ravens Super Bowl. Go all the way back. So that's to what we're doing. Began. We're just remembering all my worst memories, we're, Sterling. Go back to all the pain you suffered through, all the tears you've shed. Let's just go back to the NFC Championship game loss in Seattle, Sterling. Go, How about that? Go all the way back. Go all How about way back. Kyle Williams, huh? Okay. <laughs> Use all of that to motivate you today. Every Niner fan, and I get it, look, the players are different, but the organization, the pain stays the Ugh. same. Niner fans are desperate to finally hoist a Lombardi trophy. I know you and I, Mark, have never got to experience that. I told my fiance, I said, look, the Warriors can stink forever. <laughs> the Giants can stink forever. Let me see In our lifetimes. my San Francisco 49ers hoist a Lombardi trophy just once. This is like one of the most historic franchises in the NFL. You and I are 27 years old, and we've never seen the Niners win a championship in our lifetimes. I feel like... Well, I can't say that on the air, so I, I, I won't say that. <laughs> but because we've gotten so close so many times, arguably been the better team in all of their losses they've had, it almost feels like... I've been to the brink myself. Like, oh, we have it! Oh, no, we don't. Like, we got this in the bag. We're going to win one. Yo! What just happened? We got Mahomes. We got Richard Sherman. For Niner fans, this, albeit it isn't the Super Bowl, this is, in a way, a culmination of, hey, the goal from day one this year was stated by the head coach, the quarterback, Fred Warner, to get back and win a Super Bowl. Today, that cannot end. Today, like if you lose today, your goal is lost. If you lose in two weeks, your goal is lost. This team knows they have to be desperate. You have to take chances and risks. Leave it all out on the field today. Because no longer should we feel the disappointment of losing an NFC Championship game. We're supposed to be in the big one this year, Mark. The logo shows our colors on it. We're supposed to be in it this year, Mark. <laughs> yeah, it shows the colors of the Niners and the Ravens. Maybe that's a <laughs> prediction. Um... I think you bring up an interesting point because I think for the Niners, there's almost a, there's obviously a, a gigantic expectation around the team, and it wasn't just to win the NFC West. It wasn't just to be the one seed. It was obviously to go to the Super Bowl and to win the Super Bowl. Um, so you kind of get to a point, and I think maybe this is where I think I underestimated the Packers a little bit last week. I'm not saying the Niners did in-house, but the reason why it was maybe closer than a lot of us were expecting was... Maybe we we didn't have we weren't treating the Packers fairly, 
But when you do have this kind of expectation, when you do have all this talent, you've got all pros on both sides of the football all over the place, although the defense hasn't really been playing like they have all pros all over the place, specifically up front, which, yeah. guess what, is a key. We will talk about that a lot a big one over the next four hours. Um, but when you're the one seed and, and when you are a Super Bowl favorite or one of them from the preseason on and you're really, you stay atop that perch all regular season... You're the one seed. Your first playoff game is last week in the divisional round. You feel like, you know, you roll out of bed, you should win that game. Like, this is almost when it feels like the season starts right, right. For, for, for these <laughs> kinds of teams. Yeah. And I know it doesn't because there's so much work that goes into getting to this point. But, like, anything before this, before getting to the NFC Championship game, would have been an absolute disastrous failure and shortcoming. It almost is like this is when the season starts. Like, all right. Now is when the challenge right. begins, even though, of course, it's been challenging, and the Packers should have won that game last week. But when you are the one seed, when you have all that talent, like this is kind of what you plan in the future, at least yeah. us as fans. Like, all right, I I'm marking down January 28th because I know we're going to be in it at that point, and that's when things start getting a little bit hairy. It happened to get hairy a week earlier, but this is kind of when you feel like this is when cheesy. it really is going to start. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it almost feels like the KD Warriors, right? When they were the super team, they had the big four. You just knew that, okay, they're going to coast for the entirety of the season. Come playoff time, they're going to beat the Rockets, and they're going to coast through this. And, and, and once they reach the finals, that's when the season actually begins for them. And for San Francisco, it almost felt like they had that mentality, like, as a team. And you'd like to think last week was the wake-up call of, like, hey, like, well, yes, not, not you didn't skate through the regular season, but uh, you can't take anybody lightly. And for a Detroit team who I do think has a lot more flaws than the media wants you to know, uh, you, oh. can, you cannot take Jared Goff lightly. I get he's 0-5 against San Francisco in his last five games. The defense in Detroit isn't that great when it comes to passing defense. Like, I get their reasons to... Look at the Lions and, dare I say, throw the effort out there being fraudulent at certain points. <laughs> whoa, whoa, you did not just say did, that before the I game. I know Jared Goff was your dark horse MVP whoa. candidate coming into the season. <laughs> Sterling, you can't do that. Yeah, you can. You can. No, no, no. no. Uh, you can say whatever you want to me. You cannot call the team the, the Niners face. are playing in the NFC Championship game fraudulent pregame. No, I said they might be. I didn't say they are. Now, if we win, then they will be. We know yeah. this by now. But Bandit on the YouTube chat right now. Don't drinks. Yes, hey, come on, Sterling. All the pieces of wood are being knocked on, and, and let's be honest here, nothing I say here is going to change the outcome on the, the, the field. No, end, but don't say that. At one thirty, as Mark might say, but... <laughs> 3.30. But, <laughs> but it does feel like that San Francisco should win this game, that they have the roster, the coaching to get it done. Like, if I'm Steve Wilkes, this is my time to make a statement of like, hey, remember when you wanted to fire me? When you said, hey, come out of the booth, on the sideline. Remember when you wanted to get rid of me? And we're like, we have to make full sell changes. The defense stinks. We're calling blitzes on halftime, whatever. And you're costing us games. And Steve Oaks today can truly prove to be one of the better defensive coordinators in the entire league. On a defensive line that's not playing up to par with the stars they have on it, it does feel like San Francisco should be able to, I don't want to say handle them with kid gloves, right? But they should be able to take care of business at Levi Stadium Well, today. they are up to a 7.5-point favorite. Woo! Last I checked, like 15 minutes ago. That's post-Debo? 
Po- That's post Debo. Yeah. Seven and a half point favorite. The over under is 52. Tell so you how good you are. When are you're a seven point favorite at home in the playoffs. In the NFC Championship yeah. game against the three seed in <laughs> your conference. It's not a wild card game. It's the NFC title game and you're seven point favorite. Seven and a half. Up to seven and a half. Sterling. More than a touchdown. That's a big half a point. Oh, yeah. Going from seven to seven and a half. That's a big half a point. It's the Jake Moody point. effect, right? Yeah, you're right. It's the Jake Moody <laughs> effect. Now, we got a super chat on the YouTube page, youtube.com slash 957thegame. Uh, uh, it's powered by First NorCal Credit Union. Too much sauce. Uh, paid $2 to ask, does Brock need to just check it down to win? Hmm. Uh, that's a good question. I think this is a game where you see Brock Purdy push the ball down the field. Oh, yeah. I, I, I really think it is. I don't think you're going to see uh, as much Niners run game. You're going to see them try, and they're going to have to stay uh, two-dimensional but this is an elite run defense that they're going up against in the Detroit Lions, uh, and they are susceptible to not just the pass, but the explosive pass. Uh, if I'm looking for like a prop bet to take, Sterling, and we'll get into more of the reasons why, it's Brock Purdy's over for passing yards. Yeah, I think he throws for 300-plus yards today wow. because that is what the Lions struggle with. They, they can't defend the deep pass, and despite what the, the narrative is around Brock Purdy, um, Check down Charlie. <laughs> exactly. He, he, you know, and he, and he just gets it out to McCaffrey and, and to Debo and to Ayuk and, and Kittle in the short passing game and the screen game out in the flat. Uh, he is one of the more efficient deep passers in the NFL. And I think we see that uh, a lot today. And that's going to need to happen if the Niners are to put up points against this Lions defense because if you have to rely on the run game carrying you, the Lions have the ability to make that really difficult on you. If Brock Purdy, like, this is a game where I can see Shanahan, in, in a weird way, throwing the first five plays of the game. Oh, like, man, that might upset a lot like, of Niner fans. You know though. what's going to happen. It's going to be three and three, out, three, three straight, straight dropbacks. Three. It's like, what are we doing? Where's McCaffrey? <laughs> Give the ball to CMC. <laughs> but I think if you're Kyle Shanahan, you have to trust Brock Purdy in this game. Like, I get you have CMC, and you want to ride him to the wheels fall off. It makes a total sense to want to do that. But Brock Purdy has to be the reason you win today's game. Because that Lions secondary makes Baker Mayfield look like a top 10 quarterback. Like, they're not good. Nick Mullins was having good games against the secondary. Like, you can you, you can go into a shootout against these Lions and you can win big. You can score big chunks of points early, get big chunk yardage early, whether it's Debo. I think Ayuk's going to have a crazy game today for San Francisco. Uh, but Brock Purdy is not going to be a check down Charlie. In fact, he can't be. Brock Purdy cannot be a check down Charlie if San Francisco wants to win this game. Yeah, no, I agree with you. we got another Super Chat coming in on YouTube. I'll get to it in a second. But first, I wanted to let you guys know, we're here until 1 o'clock, and we want to take your calls all morning and early afternoon long here on 95.7 The Game. So give us a call, 888-957-9570. It's Grandy and Sterling with you. That is also the Comcast Business text line, and we're keeping an eye, as we always do, on the YouTube chat, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. This next Super Chat comes from Tony Gomez. For $5, Tony says, the biggest key to this game is Brown starting over Logan Ryan. He's talking about rookie safety Jair Brown. Uh, Niners defense is going to get a couple of turnovers. That's an interesting one, Sterling, because uh, Jair Brown was activated and was available to play last week, and ever since Talanoa Hufanga went down uh, with his season-ending injury mid-season, the rookie Jair Brown stepped in and started and played well until he went down with a minor injury. The Niners signed the veteran Logan Ryan off the street, and he had been playing ever since. Um, but if you've been following Following along to uh, Jair Brown on Instagram, he posted 
a message that seems like he might be getting back in the starting lineup. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, but Logan Ryan uh, was pretty bad on Saturday against the Packers. Missed a number of tackles. He was one of the many defenders that were slipping all over the place on that wet Levi Stadium field last week. Uh, if Jair Brown gets in, maybe that gives the Niners defense a little bit of a boost. And he doesn't even have to start. He just needs to play. He didn't play a single defensive snap, no, right? I don't think he played a snap at all. Not, Not even, even a special, special team teams, snap. No. Yeah. But I think, go back and watch that Packers game. Aaron Jones is like 56-yard, 53-yard run that we thought at the time was going to clinch the win for Green Bay. Oh, man. Who was the biggest missed tackle? Logan Ryan dove for Jones, took out one of his own guys. He put Jair Brown on the field. Maybe he isn't you know, great in coverage. Maybe he gets beat over the top once. But guess what? What he's not going to do is miss tackles and right in front of him. He's not going to over-pursue. He might pull Hufanga and try to take a big shot and whiff. Okay, I'm okay with that. Hmm. What I'm not okay with is you just getting beat on counter-direction runs. You can't do that. And when you have Warner and you got Greenlaw out there and if you can put Jair Brown out there, you at least have yourself a play-making safety who, yeah, he's young, he's a rookie, might make mistakes, but the odds of him actually making a play in your favor are much higher than Logan Ryan, who was sign out the street a month ago. Yeah, well, the other thing, and this was more, I think, indicative of the whole defense, but but Logan Ryan was part of the guilty party. It wasn't just missing tackles. It was taking such poor angles yeah. that you didn't even have, have an opportunity to make a tackle. Like How many times would the Niners defenders, and I think Bosa and, and Chase Young and, and some of the edge corners are also to blame for this, how many times did the 49ers just fail to set the edge on all of those Aaron Jones outside runs? A lot. Like It happened on, it must have been like 80% of Aaron Jones's runs to the outside. He got to the edge. The Niners did not set that edge over and over and over again, and sometimes your safety's playing up in the box. We know Talanoa Hufunga loves to do that. He's up there getting in the action. Uh, Jair Brown, not as often, but he's up there sometimes. I mean, he kind of plays like a physical safety, almost yeah. kind of like a linebacker hybrid. That is what he does. Uh, you're going to need a little bit more of that physicality up front from everybody because that defensive line, that defensive front, you kind of got manhandled by a Packers offensive line and run game that isn't bad, certainly, no. but is nowhere near as good as this Lions front and run game. <laughs> well, I'm just imagining... Logan Ryan trying to bring down David Montgomery. Oh my God. Or, or, try, or trying to catch up to Jameer Gibbs. Right. Or, or just Amon Ross St. Brown, who always finds a way to get you an extra three or four or five yards. Underrated as a yak guy. And, Underrated. Dare I say, should have been a Pro Bowler this year over Puka Nakua. He, St. Brown's that good. He was a first team All Pro. Right, but not a Pro Bowler, yeah. which makes no sense to me. Like, I don't know how you like get Brandon one, not the other. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk, second team All Pro, but not a Pro Bowler. Right. Like, make it make sense. But. Like, Logan Ryan, I get it. You had your time in New England, you were Tennessee. Like, Logan Ryan's the guy that had the pick six to end Tom Brady's tenure in New England. Like, that's how long this guy's been playing. And then he played ten years prior to that, it felt like. So, for Logan Ryan to be out there, kudos to him. But I want some young blood. Well, someone that, who's not afraid to thump Gibbs and Montgomery up the middle and make a statement every single play. And that's why the Niners, I think, went to him. Because they wanted yeah. the, the veteran moxie, right? Yeah. But, I mean, at a certain point... If a guy just doesn't have it anymore, and maybe it was just a terrible game. Yeah. Logan Ryan, he, he played in the Commanders game. He's had better games than last week. By far. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not necessarily because he was just great earlier. It's just right. because last time out, it was really, really bad. Um, but if you are to circle an area defensively where you're going to get a change personnel-wise, that's one spot. Uh, the other is what the Niners do, op- the corner opposite oh. Mooney Ward. Okay. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to make a change, but if they are going to make a change, it would be there. Because the other uh, issue for the Niners defensively, 
last week was Ambry Thomas. Right. He was hurt big time. He had, what, the 41-yard penalty? He had a couple of pass interference penalties. Yeah. Uh, Wasn't good elsewhere beyond those penalties either. Uh, And now you have one elite receiver in Amon Ross St. Brown. you got a couple of other guys. Uh, They're like fourth receiver. Khalif Raymond is out today. You don't have to worry about him. He's kind of a... helps on kick returns as well. He's not going to be out there. He's kind of a a small slot guy as well. Uh, And Amon Ross, like 50% of the time, is in the slot. So that might mean good things. You can just match up Diomino or Lenore with him oftentimes in the slot. Um, but that's an area where the Niners have questions as well. It really is those those two defensive back spots, one safety and one cornerback spot. You have maybe underperforming <laughs> linemen, but you're not making any changes personnel-wise up front. I do wonder with Ambry, like he's, he stated that he kind of got the wake-up call he needed, that as bad as he played Niners against the Packers so. was a good thing for him because not having a, a, a week of actual live reps did cost him and hurt him. But, okay, like, San Francisco can't make a change. You're not playing Isaiah Oliver. You're not playing Samuel Womack or, or Daryl Luter Jr. Samuel Womack hasn't even been suiting up. He's been inactive. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, like, you have to you're ride... You're kind of stuck with it. The, but. You have to ride the ambient the Ambitramas train. Because if you don't, you're, you are maybe putting bigger liabilities on the field. But when you go to the interior, uh, one question I do have about the edge rushers and containing the edge is last week, Chase Young wasn't that good. Randy Gregory got more snaps than Chase Young did. And if you're a Niner fan, albeit only was a third-round pick, you are hoping Chase Young could be a former Defensive Rookie of the Year. He's a third-round pick for two months of work. Right. But you're hoping that the outcome is, hey, we can have this, I don't want to say elite, but great edge rusher opposite Nick Bosa going back to the D4 year when he's actually healthy yeah. when you went and should have won a Super Bowl. Uh, Chase Young's not been that guy, and I like Randy Gregory, but not enough to have him play you know, 75% of the game. So uh, if you are San Francisco, you need a little bit more from Chase Young, which and then helps Ambry Thomas. I'm with you. I mean, I, I said for two months of work, like, a third round pick for two months of a player. That's a that's a yeah. good amount. Like yeah. and it was just a compensatory pick and the Niners are gonna get more compensatory picks. Like they have the they still have like eleven picks in the in the draft <laughs> coming up and they finally have a first round pick. That's a discussion for an entirely different day and John month, Lynch, obviously. Doing his doing his um, magic. <laughs> but for a third round pick for a couple of months worth of a guy, of of performance from a guy, like you don't Expect to have him resign this offseason. I wouldn't imagine he's gone. He's like you need more from him. Yeah, absolutely, you need more from him. Bosa isn't getting sacked, but he's still getting pressures. He's he he led the team in pressures and, and quarterback hits. Who else you need help from? Javon Hargrave up front did not record a statistic Ooh. on Saturday against the Packers. Sterling, Ooh, that's like- uh, Armstead first game back in over a month. He had I think three tackles, but no tackles for loss, no sacks. The Niners did not have a sack as a team. Uh, and pressure pressure is going to be key for the Niners against Jared Goff. You look at his splits with a clean pocket and a, a muddied pocket, it's night and day. He Dark looks like horse one, MVP. To... He looks like one of the better quarterbacks <laughs> with a clean pocket and one of the worst quarterbacks yeah. without one. Uh, pressure affects Goff way more than it affects Brock Purdy. Uh, the Niners have a really tall task doing that against this offensive line, although the Lions will be without their left guard, Jonah Jackson. He is officially out today uh, with the knee injury. Uh, so not the complete offensive line for the Lions, but still a really good group that's going to challenge the Niners up front. And the good thing is is that 
Jared Goff is not Jordan Love, where he isn't as mobile. He's not going to get out of the pocket and make these amazing, you know, back shoulder fade one off the. He'll just throw it out of the bounds. He like leads the NFL and just throwing it away. Right, like once he feels pressure, it's either check down or out of bounds. Right. Yeah. And so for San Francisco, your path to victory is weird enough. It's like get a ride, Brock Purdy, throw the ball around. You know. I, I would not be surprised if Brock Purdy throws the ball 35-plus times in this game. And on the flip side, it's like, hey, how can you make Jared Goff force these insanely awful decision-making throws where he will throw two picks? He, like, Jared Goff, go back and watch the Rams game in the playoffs in Super Wild Card Weekend. He was throwing balls backwards. <laughs> like, Jared Goff, for, oh, his, I, like, for, for as good as he's been this year, there's still that, like, what are you doing? Like... I like you a lot. I get it. You, you've embraced Detroit. They've embraced you. But like sometimes you sit back and you're like, that Jared Goff from the Rams is still in there. And I'm not talking, you know, almost winning a Super Bowl, Jared Goff. I'm talking, like, what the heck's going on? Like, you, can, you can't be our quarterback anymore, Jared Goff. The Jared Goff who throws a pick six every time he plays the Niners. That Jared Goff. Hey, don't forget. Play action bootleg, Fred Warner at halftime, bang, to the house. Like, this team multiple knows times. how to play against Jared Goff extremely well. What is it, 0-5? Goff's record against the Niners? 0-5 in his last five games. Yeah. Oh, and a couple of them were close. Yeah. Uh, but a number of them were, were pretty. And some of them were those weird, like, end of season where the Niners didn't even care about it. And yeah. They still and vice went. versa, yeah. Yeah. But that, that, that makes me nervous, though. Like, He's due, is that what you're you, saying? You hear Niner fans like, oh, you know, Brock Purdy hasn't had, you know, name a stat, or CMC didn't have this last week. He's due this week. Amber Thomas played bad last week. He's due for a pick this week. And you're like, well, is Jared Goff not due for a win? Like, I don't like playing that game because the last thing you want to be is now they're one in five. I, I could find a pattern on both sides to right. snap. Well, take yeah. last week. Now they're San Francisco's now one in thirty when they're trailing by five points in the fourth quarter. Like now they have their first win. I don't want to be that one uh, loss now for Jared Goff. But the Niners have also beaten the Packers five consecutive times in the postseason. Like <laughs> right. there are streaks on both sides. One of them might end, but the other might not, and who knows? Well, All right. Jedi says Jared Goff is due for half a pick, so maybe that's the case today. Over. Uh, so Jedi's taking the over half an interception. <laughs> Honestly, I think I like that. So I think I. he probably. I mean, it's key in, in the playoffs. Obviously, that there's been ten postseason games so far in the NFL. Uh, the quarterback that has turned the ball over fewer times, or no, pardon me, every quarterback that has won has turned the ball over, hasn't turned the ball over more than his opponent. Oh. So, take care of the ball, you're going to win. I mean, yep, yep, Purdy. Listen up, all right? Didn't turn the ball over last week, Sterling. Almost he, did twice. He could have. <laughs> he could have. I think we'll see a much better Brock Purdy. Uh, if you are in the Bay Area right now, you can look outside. It's a lot of blue sky, at least here in downtown San Francisco. It's the same in Santa Clara. Sunny. Should be approaching 70 degrees, mid to high 60s. It should be beautiful down in Santa Clara. And that is good news for Brock Purdy and the 49ers. we got to take our first break of the show. Sorry, Jimmy, I couldn't squeeze in. We'll get to you first thing on the other side. We're coming to you in just a little bit. we got to talk about Brock Purdy and what went wrong on Saturday against the Packers uh, and discuss how he can make sure that does not happen again. we got a whole lot more to get into. We're just getting started. It's game day. Niners and Lions in the NFC Championship game. More coming up on the other side. It's Grandy and Sterling with you on 95.7 The Game. More coming up next. Ready to go. Now back to 95.7 The Game. 
Yes, he is ready to go. Nothing to Debo Samuel. I understand nothing was done for me. Welcome back, 95.7 The Game. It's game day here on 95.7 The Game. Mark Randy, Sterling Bennett with you. Kickoff for the NFC Championship game. Niners and Lions is at 3.30. We're with you until 1. Then Larry and Lowe take over for the kickoff show from 1 until 3.30. You just had D- uh, heard Debo Samuel there say he's ready to go. That was not from this week, but it might as well be. Um, are you surprised... That he's not even on the injury report. Friday, yeah, late or early afternoon, uh, came out that he's not even on the injury report anymore, and he is, as he said, ready to go uh, today against the Lions in the NFC Championship game. I take it in two ways. One, the injury wasn't as bad as they initially thought. They were just being overly cautious. The other way is that Debo was like, "Look, I'm playing no matter what, whether I'm on it or not," and they were just like, "Okay, like, don't even put him on it." Like. Debo could play with a fractured shoulder, I think, and be like, Coach, I'm fine. Put me in. And you're like, okay. Like, Debo, go be a dog. Uh, Debo on Friday did address the media after he came off the injury report. And uh, here's what he said. You'll hear a question asking if you're like, you know, you going to take it easy on yourself, Debo? Because, you know, you are dealing with a little bit of a shoulder injury. And Debo's response fired up the faithful. Here's Debo from Friday. How do you play as physically as you do, but still trying to protect yourself? I ain't protecting nothing. I ain't protecting Ooh, nothing, man. You know, you know who he's going at. Chauncey Garner Johnson. That's exactly who he's going at. He's going to make that man look like Jalen Ramsey. There's been a lot of chirping back and forth. It goes back to to Garner Johnson's time with the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, and those those guys are kind of enemies. I just like, on and off the field. Why? So I don't understand the origin of the beef. Like, I get it, your two playoff teams last year, uh, Debo calls, Bradbury trash, after the playoff game, mind you. <laughs> and then he's like, I told y'all, like, look what happened. Then we see what happens this year. Garner Johnson leaves Philadelphia. Debo gets paid, gets the bag. Like, th- their their connection really isn't existent to me. Where it's like, how, like wh- where does the beef stem from? Oh, that's a good question. The origin of the beef. I don't know. <laughs> like if, if right now it feels like jealousy on Chauncey Gardner Johnson's end, right? Well, we'll see like, if Debo can back it up today. Like CGJ or whatever his name is. Like he, he hasn't gotten the bag. He hasn't got paid on one year deals. Been constantly injured. He's a good player, mind you. But it's like he's seeing Debo getting paid big money. He's like, we well, get to talk trash and get paid big money. I want to be that guy. Well, the reality is you're just you're not that guy, pal. Trust me, you're not that guy. <laughs> But yeah, Debo is back. Niners are essentially, for the most part, healthy. Looking at the Niners' injury report, there's only two guys questionable for this game. Kalia Davis, uh, a reserve defensive tackle, and then Oren Burks, a linebacker who has played a decent amount. He's questionable as well with the shoulder. Um, I would still expect him to be available and to play. But those are the only two guys in the Niners' injury report. There's a good chance they have everybody available, aside from a guy like Cleland Furl, who is out for the season. He underwent surgery. He's done for the year. But the Niners are uh, as healthy as they could possibly be. Meanwhile, the Lions, without Jonah Jackson, one of their uh, starting guards, and then without uh, third or fourth wide receiver Khalif Raymond, and and as you you mentioned, kick returner, punt returner as well. So the Niners have a little bit of a health edge, uh, but a lot of that Deals with Debo Samuel, who who knows? I mean, he got injured first quarter against the Packers, came back in, then left, and did not play the rest of the game. So we'll see how the game goes. But going into this one, uh, the Niners pr- pretty darn healthy. When you hear a player like Debo Samuel say, I ain't protecting nothing. Not my shoulder, which is probably still injured. Not my legs. Like, that tells you, he's like, hey, this is what it's been about all year 
long getting to this point and then jumping past it getting right through it we got two weeks until the super bowl exactly like hey like like, we have to take care of business stand on business today because if Debo samuel who's injured who didn't didn't play more than 10 snaps last week is telling the entire team hey this thing just to the media this to the boys in the locker room gear up we're going to war this sunday against the lions yep and to hear that from a guy who they are one in three without this year saying, look, like even if I'm banged up, broken, and bruised, I'm still playing. And we're going full gear, 110% every single play. Like, if I'm Brock Purdy and I'm CMC and I'm George Kittle, if I'm Jawan Jennings, if I'm Ray Ray McLeod, if I'm Amber Thomas, and I hear my leader, my emotional energy leader say that to me. That fires you up. Like, get the swords and shields out, boys. We're going to war. Just wait until Devo and Trent leave right. the caravan out of the locker room with the boombox <laughs> going. Man. It's going to be a lot of Playing fun. Playing Super Gremlin? <laughs> Dude, now it's not safe for you, man. I'm sorry. It's just not safe for you anymore. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go out to the phone lines here on uh, game day on 95.7 The Game. It's Grandy and Sterling with you. Give us a call, 888-957-9570. Up first is Jimmy in Maryland. Jimmy's a Niner fan in Baltimore. Jimmy, first of all, what's it like out in Baltimore yeah. today? And thanks for coming on. How you doing? So right now, uh, uh, Baltimore fans are loyal. They're all hyped. But I don't have time for that. They're turning into the new generation of Cowboys fans. Whoa. But yeah, it's all about the Niners now. Yeah, Ray Lewis and Jonathan Ogden in their first two goals has made them delusional. If you come to Maryland, you can't tell them anything, man. They're, they think they're the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I like it, Jimmy. I like it, Jimmy. So you're representing in an in, in enemy country. Are you rooting for the Ravens, though, so, so you get Niners-Ravens in the Super Bowl? I don't know. I don't know. I would actually... I want. I'd rather the Ravens win over the Chiefs because I'm tired of the whole Chiefs and I'm tired of seeing Taylor Swift uh, every time Kelsey even like gets on the field. Amen to that. But um, I know, I know it'd be it'd be more sweet revenge if we go to the big game and we can beat the Ravens. You know, what I mean, I got bragging rights because I I actually lived in the city when the 49ers lost to the Ravens the last time. I had to drive past the Ravens Stadium after that game. Uh. That was brutal. Yeah, I'm, I feel you, Jimmy. What do you think of this Downer game today? Well, you got a prediction? How do you think this is? Well, this one's going to go today. So, logic. So, obviously, I'm going to predict the Niners win. That's what I want. But uh, if I'm going to put my 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 analyst hat on, if the 49ers can pressure uh, Jared Goff, we should be able to up the middle. I think Hargrave and Armstead are going to eat. Um, Chase Young needs to step up. Goff likes throwing the ball over the middle. He's going to have to deal with Greenlaw and and um, and Warner. And on offense, if we do what we do, we should take care of business. Everyone's talking about their run defense, but their secondary and their linebackers are trash. Um, They can't cover well, and they can't tackle. And the Yak boys are going to eat. Shanahan needs to dial them up. I think Wilkes is going to dial them up. And if we go and play, Levi's gets loud. Niners are going to come up with a dominant win. Let's go! Yes, sir, Jimmy. I like like the energy, Jimmy. Yeah, lock it up. Lock it up. That's what we need from our callers today here on 95.7 The Game. We need the energy. we got to get ready for this NFC Championship game. The Niners' season has ended at this stage each of the last two seasons. Pain. Not today, Sterling. Not today. Jimmy is right, though. The key, at least for the Niners on defense, I think what he talked about offensively is true as well. Um you got to put pressure on Jared Goff. We talked about it a little bit uh, in our first segment, but you look at some of the numbers. First of all, the Niners did not sack Jordan Love last Saturday. 
They're due, Mark. They're due. They're due. That snapped a 35-game streak, <laughs> playoff streak, where the Niners had a sack, in at least one sack, in each of their last 35 consecutive playoff games. That dated back to January 1991, which was an NFL wow. record streak. That was five and it years was prior snapped. to my birth. <laughs> it was snapped. <laughs> so long uh, it's been. Nick Bosa hasn't sacked the quarterback in each of his last four playoff games, oh. uh, three games last postseason and last week. He had at least a half a sack in each of his first six playoff games and one or more in five of his first six, none in his last four. You're paying Nick Bosa $170 million. You're paying Javon Hargrave $84 million. You're paying Eric Armstead $85 million. Those guys got to step up because when you look at some of the numbers, Jared Goff in a clean pocket, 27 touchdowns, three interceptions. Pretty good. Jared Goff under pressure, six touchdowns, nine interceptions. Garbage. Six touchdowns, nine interceptions under pressure. That's not just that's not sacking him. That's just making him feel sped up, getting in his throwing lanes, getting in his face, making him feel uncomfortable. Give him some twinkly toes. <laughs> Obviously, you would love to sack him, and I think the Niners will not be shut out in terms of sacks today, but you don't have to sack him to make him uncomfortable and to, you know, lead those numbers into your favor. Make him uncomfortable. Obviously, getting him to the ground is huge. And you want to get them in 2nd and 15s, in 3rd and 12, so they are forced to pass because you know they want to stick with this run game. Sacks are fantastic, but you don't necessarily need to get to Goff a ton and hit him to you know have him turn the ball over. You just got to get in his face, make him uncomfortable, and he will give you a couple. He, he has done it all season and in his entire career. The Niners know that almost better than any other team in the NFL. Sacks would be great. But it's just about pressure. And and the Niners, to their credit, they did get pressure on Jordan Love, specifically in the second half last yeah. week. They didn't get him down, but they got pressure on him, and it led to a couple of turnovers. Steve Wilkes called two blitzes all game last week. He's just, calling more today. Two. Like, he's there's more no today. doubt in my mind. He's, I think he's calling at least 10. Because whether it's Lenore, whether it's maybe it's Jaya Brown off the end, I think... Drake Greenlaw might be the biggest X factor when it comes to blitzing in this game. You Brit, you 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 blitz Greenlaw, force the running back to have to play pass pro. You eliminate the entire check down route for Jared Goff. You drop Gregory back into coverage, taking oh. away the flat. And guess what? You know what happens? Jared Goff's like, oh, I don't know what to do with the ball. Oh, oh. Interception, bang. And that's what happens. When you force Jared Goff to have to think longer than he wants to, to have to react to uh, whether it's a blitz or some pressure or just a different look defensively, like Steve Wilkes, I think, today is going to have the freedom to dive in deep into that bag. We all talk about Shanahan. Go into your bag. The 13th play of the 13-page playbook. If you're Steve Wilkes, uh, now it's time to break the glass, hit the emergency button, and get your boys home. Like Mama used to say when you were 12 years old, going to the mall. Like, hey, you better get home. Tonight, dinner's on the table. Chase Young, Nick Bosa, you gotta get home today. You gotta get home. Yeah, they got it. And uh, to the credit of Jay on the YouTube chat, powered by First NorCal Credit Union, we're talking about Jared Goff's issues against pressure. Uh, Jay says Purdy is number one in those categories. Not across the board, but he's really good against pressure. Pressure does not affect him nearly as much as it affects uh, Jared Goff. For example, uh, EPA per play in a clean pocket. EPA is just an advanced, it's an analytic and advanced you nerd. stat. 
<laughs> expected <laughs> points added per play. Yeah. So it takes into account down and distance. So, like, for example, a three-yard gain on third and one is more valuable than a three-yard gain on first and ten. Like, right. It takes into account the down and the distance, the situation, game, clock, score, all of that. Uh, Brock Purdy in a clean pocket has the number one EPA in the NFL. Woo! Uh, Jared Goff, the seventh best EPA in a clean pocket in the NFL. It's not as good, though. Uh, EPA per play under pressure, however. Uh, Brock Purdy is number three, the third best EPA (laughs) per play under pressure. Jared Goff, the 28th best EPA under pressure in the NFL. Uh, So to Jay's point, that's it exactly. When you pressure Brock Purdy, it doesn't really affect him. Um, And it's because one of his strengths and the strength of this Niners offense is getting the ball out quick. Yeah. They're really good at it. Uh, it's not the case for Jared Goff and the Lions. Although I think there are a lot of similarities between these two offenses, one offense, and it's the Niners, is so much better when under pressure, and they're under pressure quite a bit because the offensive line, <laughs> specifically the pass blocking, is nowhere near as good as the Lions pass blocking. Um, but the Niners are much, much better at that than the Lions are. And I think that's one of the areas where this game can flip. It is if the Niners can get any sort of consistent pressure on Jared Goff, I think they win this game. If they don't get pressure on him and he's comfortable all game, yeah. the Lions have a legitimate chance. If he's uncomfortable at any kind of consistency throughout this game today, Sterling, I don't think they have a chance to win. We'll just put it in very simple terms. Jared Goff, not pressured, clean pocket, top 10 quarterback. Jared Goff, when he's pressure, turnover machine, bottom 10 quarterback. It's really that simple. You can literally turn Jared Goff into a turkey today if you can get pressure. <laughs> and I like Jared Goff. All due respect to him, you can turn him into a turkey. Where he's out there, you got the potatoes and sweet potatoes, you got mm. the corn, you got the pie. Like You can turn Jared Goff into a Thanksgiving dinner today at Levi Stadium. Thankfully, the Lions have, right now, Jared Goff's been under pressure that the 10th the highest rate in the entire NFL. So you can get to Jared Goff. And it also helps that their left guard's not playing. Frank Ragno, their center, is also banged up. Had a sprained knee and ankle. Uh, He's not feeling great. Uh, Hargrave. It's time to eat, brother. <laughs> like, if there is a time for Eric Armstead and Hargrave to uh, do the darn thing and get your job done, it should be against the banged-up center and the backup left guard that has a 30-pass Blocking grade on PFF. The backup guard? Yes. Like, one of the worst grades ever. That's Coyote Oshika, the backup guard. He'll probably start at left guard. And if he does, you know what I'm doing? Just put two guys in the hole. (laughs) It's just everyone right there. Do you remember what the Niners did? Chase Young's first game. It was after the trade deadline, after the bye. The Niners were trying to snap that three-game losing streak. It was in Jacksonville. They lined up Bosa and Chase Young on the inside, standing up on the inside. Do it. Chase Young, I think, had a sack in that game. They they dominated. They were all over Trevor Lawrence in that game. I don't think they've gone back to that look since. They lined up Bosa and Chase Young, the edge rushers, the elite edge rushers, inside, standing up. They were not in a three-point stance, not in a four-point stance. They were standing up on the inside, on either side of the center, lining up against the guards. And it worked, and they haven't gone back to it since. Maybe you see a little bit of that. I think you need to, like... If there's any game where it's like season's on the line, you gotta come through. Like you have to pull out. As you said, the last, pa- last page of your playbook. It's like smash the glass, the alarm goes off. Here comes the emergency. Break stop, glass right? in case of emergency. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Please. Like Steve Wilkes, 
today has a chance to prove to be a top defensive coordinator in football where you're on defense, ranked 26th in the entire league. You have to get home. If not, you're allowing Jared Goff to play in short yardage uh, positions, allowing Dan Campbell to go for it on fourth down every single time, and you're giving Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery easy yardage because your run defense has not been very good. You have to get to Goff, force him on second and tens, third and eights. If you can do that, you get some pressure. Uh, This game, I'm not going to say should easily go in San Francisco's favor, but there are much more lanes to victory for San Francisco than Detroit. Yeah, you can find a number of areas where that favors the Niners big time. And yeah. one of them is getting pressure on, on these quarterbacks because one is affected way more than the other. All right, we're going to get to the calls in a second. It's Grandy and Sterling with you. You're going to hate this, though, Sterling. we got a super chat on YouTube. Uh, LaMichael James with oh! an Oregon Ducks logo <laughs> hey, says, I just love LaMichael James. Go Ducks. Go Ducks. Uh, I don't think this is the real LaMichael James, but LaMichael, if it is, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fanboy yeah. out a little bit. Shout out LaMichael. Uh, for $2, LaMichael James says, Lions playing with major house money at this point. I I don't know how I feel about this. I th- I think it's the case for the fans, hmm. and obviously the fans still want to win. But like, if if the Lions lose this game, Lions fans are still going to feel like, all right, this was a great season. Yeah, it was a win. We, we kind of arrived maybe a year early. Like we knew that this team was talented and and capable of maybe doing something like this. Uh, but this kind of feels like. Maybe how you felt about Jacksonville last year, although wow. Jacksonville this year was was bad. But like it, it kind of felt like they were a year ahead of schedule. All yeah. this young talent with Laporta, a rookie, Jameer Gibbs, a rookie, first year of David Montgomery, like all of this. It was a turnaround. Dan Campbell, they won, they won like, what, three games two years ago in his first season? But they don't feel that way in the locker room. Like They've believed all season that they could win a Super Bowl. I don't really feel that that way about this Lions team or really about any NFL team. I mean, they they thought they were going to beat the Rams. They thought they were going to beat the the Bucks. They think they can beat the Niners. I, I don't think it really works that way inside of an NFL locker room. I think it felt that way for the Packers last week where we already beat Dallas. What do we have to lose? We are actually a year ahead of schedule. But Detroit This Lions like team has story. been... I mean, they were great second half of last season. Yeah. They've been really good all year this year. Yeah, they, I think it's a little different. But they, I, I do. They get your ended point. Aaron Rodgers' season last year. They ended his Packers tenure with the Packers, right? And, and and now this year they've been amazing. They they lost, and by all means, should have been the number two seed in the entire NFC had it not been for the refs being like, "You didn't report. You didn't report." And so they the, could have been the number one seed potentially. Well, let's not go that far. But <laughs> they could have. Yes, if they, they win they that been. game against the Cowboys, the Niners would have had to beat the Rams in Week 18 to be the one yeah. seed. Which I guess they probably would have. In return, thank you, Detroit, yes. for for losing to Dallas. But thank you, Cowboys. I right, right. Thank you, refs. Is how I'll say it. Yeah. But thanks, Dan Campbell, for going for two yeah. when you're at your seven yard line. <laughs> but speaking of Dan Campbell, like he seems to be like this is a battle of hyper aggressive head coach who wants to go for it every single fourth down. To Kyle Shanahan, oh, we have a one-point lead at halftime. I'm okay with that. It's like you like uh, Dan Campbell in himself shouldn't be a factor in this game because he's not actually calling plays for Detroit. But his aggressiveness makes him a factor, and, and that does scare me a little bit. I'm scared of the aggressiveness, Sterling. Like you get it's San gonna Francisco be... on fourth and two 
at midfield. They're going for it every single time. And if you can make this defensive line tired make and have San Francisco's defense stay on the field for eight, nine-minute drives, uh, you're going to get worn out, which then leads to poor run defense. Maybe Amber Thomas has a bad you know, pass defense play. He gets beat mm. once or twice. Then all of a sudden, you're down by 10 or 14 and sitting there like, hey, Brock Purdy, uh, time to make your third career fourth quarter comeback ever. And that's not a good position to be in, even no. though I love Purdy and I trust him. Uh, Dan Campbell, give me a little of the heebie-jeebies today. I think there's a, a good chance they go for it like five times on fourth down today, if I, not more. What's the over-under on that? There has to be a line for it. Has to be. <sighs> Three and a half? I take the over. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Over big time. I'm with you. They get across midfield. It's fourth and three or shorter. I think they go for it like every single time, unless it's like game winning field goal situation or like whatever the case is, you know? Like, and it's not just. I don't even think that though. If it's like, hey, we're down by two, we're going for seven still. Like, <laughs> well, if it's like final seconds of the game, like right. you're, you're taking the easy field goal as opposed to taking a risk and trying to get in the end zone in the last second of the game. But, and it's not just like, oh, if we happen to stumble into a fourth and two, we'll go for it. They get across midfield. They know they have four downs to get 10 yards. They'll run for three. Yep. They'll run for three. They'll run for three. Guess what? Fourth and one, we'll run for three again. Like I think it's legitimately going to impact the way that they call plays. Once they get across midfield, they are going to go for it and, and plan to go for it. And it's going to... We talk about Campbell's aggressiveness in terms of going for it in moments. It's going to lead to them being a little less willing to go away from the run because they know they're comfortable going for it on 4th and 3, 4th and 2, 4th and 1. I think it's going to happen time and time again, and that's also going to be a really big factor uh, in this game. All right, let's go back out to the phone line, sneak in a couple of calls before we hit a break. Up next is uh, David in San Francisco. David, what's up? You're on with Grandy and Sterling on 95.7 of the game. How you doing, David? Hey, good. Uh, ready for the game. And uh, last week, I think... Uh, we squeaked by Green Bay due to the uh, missing the field goal and the interception. Other than that, it could have been like overtime or something. But uh, my main point is, like, if we can get to the Detroit quarterback today and pressure him, sack him, I think we'll have a great outcome. That's my comment. Yeah, David, I agree with you. I I think there's a reality in which the Niners win by double digits. They win by two mm-hmm. scores. Oh, yeah. And the way that that happens is the D-line dominates. It always starts in the trenches, right? Like, yeah. San Francisco builds their team that way, whether it was McGlinchey or Bosa or you know, going acquiring D Ford, now Chase Young, and so many other players. Their entire mantra is, trenches out. Today, your trenches have to come through for you, or you're going to be out of the place. Yeah, we're talking about some of the issues defensively. Safety spot and the corner spot. Yeah. Like, the D-line, it's time for the D-line to step up. And if they do, I don't think the Lions have a chance. Now, there are ways the Niners win this game if the D-line does not dominate because they are 7.5-point favorites. And as you were talking about earlier, there's a number of avenues where the Niners can find a, a, a path to victory in this game. But one of the easier ones to see is the D-line plays like they have all pros all over the place, yeah. and they do. Uh, and and we'll keep an eye on that, of course, throughout this game here today. All right, back to the phone lines before we hit a quick break in just a couple of minutes. Up next is Buzz in Florida. Buzz, what's up? You're on with Grandy and Sterling on 95.7 The Game. How you doing, Buzz? Hey, brothers. How you doing, guys? Hope you're having a good day. Um, yeah, I've been a 49er fan since the uh, mid-'60s. I was a kid in California. I live in Hayward. 
and my uh, just I let the other shows know. I call them all the time. Uh, my son was teammates with Madison Bumgarner in high school. Wow! wow. A little trivia there, huh? Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah, he played two years with him. But anyway, um, what I'm concerned about today, guys, is is Kyle, Kyle Shanahan, about his play calling. He's so conservative last week. At the end of the half, 409 to go in the half was a disaster. All we could give was a 48-yard field goal attempt. He was so afraid to give him the ball back to Green Bay that he played so conservative. And like you said, that Detroit coach is going to go for it every fourth down. Kyle gets too conservative. And I'm telling you, a lot of pressure's on Kyle. So if he loses this game, uh, that's that's three in a row he's lost. So it's a lot of pressure on us, guys. What do you think? Because I think Kyle's too conservative. Yeah, Buzz, I'm glad you brought it up because it's something I wanted to make sure that Sterling and I touched on, and, and we will on the other tease? side. A little tease? Huh? If you did not hear how Kyle Shanahan defended himself, uh, what he said about his end-of-half uh, execution, decision-making, using the clock and the timeouts, uh, you're going to want to hear it. Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, you'll probably see Sterling and I shaking our head the entire time that he's talking. Or just because... screaming in the mics. <laughs> Either one will be fine. Because uh, it, <laughs> it's getting to a point where it just feels like Kyle Shanahan does not get it. In terms of end to half stuff, so we're gonna we're gonna play that for you coming up on the other side. And I think our our caller Buzz is right. It's not just the aggressiveness of the Lions, but you pair that up against what Kyle Shanahan likes to do. Uh, they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. They're both they're on opposite extremes, uh, and we can touch on that because there's a good chance that that is a key in this game as well. All right, time for a break here. One hour down, three hours left as we get you ready for Niners and Lions kickoff is at. 3.30. Sterling and I with you up until 1 when we hand it off to Larry and Lowe on the kickoff show from down in Santa Clara. More coming up next. It's NFC Championship Game Day right here on 95.7 The Game. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 